FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, joined by co-host Denise Venable. Official now. Yeah. Hey, guess what episode it is? Yes, it is. Nice. 69. (coughs) Yes. The number that is a joke all unto itself. No setup required. I was going to say, so I get to like make weird jokes about it now? Yes. I thought I was going to miss out. We get to be incredibly juvenile. Well, you were, but um, scheduling conflicts and the flu (laughs) made it so uh, there has been no flashback episode yet. But don't worry. It'll still come. Maybe it should 69 itself. Huh? I don't know. I'm trying to make lewd 69 jokes. Yes. We promise lots of uh, juvenile um, humor. (laughs) Juvenile? Yes. Back in middle school. (laughs) So anyway, this is our 2013 year in Spectacular. Woohoo! So will it actually, like, be released in 2013? No. <laughs> so it's our year end 2013 spectacular released in 2014. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, the last comic we'll talk about comes out on New Year's Eve. Oh. So we'll record that sometime right yeah. after New Year's. And then not on New Year's Eve. <laughs> no, not on New Year's Eve. There will be other things we will be doing on New Year's Eve and other things you should be doing on New Year's Eve. Maybe like 69ing. <laughs> um. I should edit that out, but I won't. <laughs> I want everyone to know that you went there. <laughs> I went there. Yep. I'm proud of it, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> proud of our eighth grade Louisiana education? Hey, I only went to Louisiana school up to the fourth grade. <laughs> right. And they, your mom said, we don't want you to graduate next year. We're going to move to Texas. <laughs> Had I, my parents have always told me, had we (laughs) stayed in Louisiana, I would have gone to private school for middle school and high school because they thought Louisiana schools were so poor. I'm sure Louisiana schools are fine. All right. You hear those crickets? (laughs) Anyway, uh, like I said, this is our uh, year, 2013 year in spectacular. Um, (laughs) The return of the, makers. the return of the noise maker from uh, a couple of flashback episodes ago. <laughs> anyway, um, so one kind of big thing we'll be talking about is Origin Part Two, Number One, Part Dos. Yeah, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, then we'll have one more kind of regular issue, and then, um, so for Christmas I got. The Wolverine on Blu-ray for my mom, Ooh. which was pretty cool. I need, I need some help from my from my audience. Uh-oh. I need to know whether I need to go and fish out the um, extended cut. Okay. Or if I can just be okay with what I got. And I just got the regular Blu-ray, which is, is great. I thought the movie was great. And it has, like, the alternative ending. Okay. So that's cool where we see... The Wolverine costume in the suitcase. Oh. Yeah. 
If I didn't know, because my mom, I mean, I appreciate the gift. I was kind of hoping for the extended cut. Does your mom listen to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. You know, I didn't know if I should, like, Just rent it, sure like, if it's worth, like, seeing. And I don't, I don't think I can exchange it. Why don't you think you can exchange it? Because I opened it. Baby. <laughs> but anyway, since I opened it, regardless of, of what you think about which version you should see, I would like to know, like, someone just tell me kind of what the difference is. Anyway, it comes with a free Marvel Infinite comic. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called like Wolverine Custom or Wolverine Fox or something like that. Okay. Anyway, it's just a short little story um, by Jason Latour and Stan Lee. And then, uh, let's see, Daniel Govar did the storyboards. Manuel Garcia did the pencils. Bit did the inks. And Marta Martinez did the colors. VCs Joe Savino did the letters. There's a pretty cool little cover by Inyuk Lee. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up here. Inks are by Bit? Yeah, Bit. He has no other name. Guess not. Other than Bit. Just Bit. So little Bit. Is, a, I'm going to assume his first name is a little L-I apostrophe L. I was going to say, does he have a brother named Little Bit? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, I don't know. Or an older brother named Big Bit? Or Bite. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so basically... <laughs> What? Is the other one hungry? I don't know. Bite hungry. Huh? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I was but thinking the bump. other kind of bit, like data. It's probably a digital name. Anyway, um, so basically, we'll just talk about this real fast. Uh, the story is basically, it's another Silver Samurai in Japan story. Wolverine basically steals one of the Silver Samurai's father's swords. And we get a flashback from a time when Wolverine fought the original Silver Samurai in Japan. And the Silver Samurai actually had him pinned when he realized he was at Mariko's grave. So we let him go. Called a temporary truce. Yeah, I didn't get that. Well, because he didn't want to dishonor her memory. Because she was in love with Wolverine. Well, right. And they have this dialogue where he talks about, she died for you. What'd she die for? Someone kill her? I would assume so. And they didn't explain it? You can go back and read. We'll get there in the flashbacks eventually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So, and then Wolverine tells the new Silver Samurai to meet him at the same place. Since he's not there to fight, he kind of wants him to reflect on how much the family has already lost. And he says, whenever you're ready to, to grow up and come get this sword, come get it. And then he walks off and Silver Samurai kind of I don't know, pouts. Anyway, it was a decent story. I liked the part about Mariko's grave, like kind of being the centerpiece of the setting. Yeah, but I'm kind of tired of Silver Samurai being a brat. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a little ready for a different And, and I'm tired of Wolverine villain. like being like, hey, hey, when you grow up, you can have it. It was, I mean, I don't think, it's an extra just kind of bonus comic kind of centered around the movie and Japan's Most Wanted. So it was okay for what it was. Uh, the art was all right. It was okay for being free. Yeah. There wasn't much as far as the movement that we had in the Infinite comic. There was there barely was any of that. There was a little bit, but it wasn't that cool. No. <laughs> so anyway, I gave this a three out of six claws. Just kind of average. Had a couple of cool moments, but overall kind of forgettable. You gave it more than I did. Okay. I gave it two. Okay. 
So anyway, for what it's worth, that that was that. Anyway, let's get on to um, let's do Origin, and then we'll do Savage Wolverine, and then at the end of the episode, we have our first annual Wolvie Awards. Okay, so first up, we have the much anticipated Origin Two, number one. Ooh. This is oh, there's credits somewhere, and I'm gonna find them. Well, maybe I can find them faster. Do, 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 do. Here we are. Oh. They're like in the middle of the Karen park. Gillen is the writer. The stellar Adam Kubert is the artist. Frank Martin is the colorist. VC's Joe Caramagna is the letter, letterer. Then Adam Kubert and Frank Martin did the cover. So how did your cover come? You mean my electronic cover? Yeah. It looks just like yours, only it's flat. Okay, so it's just one... One piece. So it doesn't unfold, like, to the next one? Oh, nope. bummer. All right. So we have this, like, clear... How do you say the word? Acetate? Acetate? Vellum. No, it's A-C-E-T-A-T-E. It can also be clear vellum. Okay. Well, I wasn't asking that. I was asking how to pronounce acetate. Acetate. Okay, acetate. It has Wolverine's hand... With two bone claws coming out and one partially coming out. And there's blood running down the claws. Now, I know the skin is broken around the claws. I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. Um, and if you fold that back, you see behind it a pack of wolves. And then up top, Mr. Sinister's little eyes and diamond on his forehead. Mr. Sinister? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this picks up after the first volume of Origin, which I actually reread last night, all six parts, <laughs> just to kind of refresh my memory. I did think it was interesting that this is Adam Kubert, and of course Andy Kubert did the first volume, so keeping it in the family. Yeah, but anyway, so it's 1907. There's a little intro, and it basically says, this is a story of animals. Ooh. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we're in the Canadian wilderness in the winter, and we see a wolf pack hunting a deer, and we see Wolverine jump out of some snow. Rawr. I like his little, like, painting, like body paint, face paint stuff. His brave heart. I would say it's probably more Native American, but yes. That's all I could think of when I saw that. Make it blue, and then he'd be brave heart. <laughs> right. So anyway, Wolverine gets the deer. And takes it back to his wolf family. And we kind of were introduced to this cast of wolves. We have Gray Scar, who I guess is the alpha male. That would be my guess. The patriarch of the wolf pack, if you will. Wolverine's got his hair and ponytail. He's got not quite fully realized sideburns yet. (laughs) And that was interesting. He kind of reminded me of, uh, you're you're going (laughs) to, you're either going to laugh or roll your eyes at me. Probably both. So he reminded me. What scene is it? It's uh, we haven't gotten there yet. But he he reminds me of um, Mel Gibson in The Patriot, with his little ponytail. <laughs> okay, Mel Gibson or Heath Ledger. Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. So anyway, then we get our first kind of really bloody scene, where the wolves tear this deer up. Nom 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 nom. Yeah. Um, it's what's for dinner. So then we meet the yeah. The venison. So then we meet the uh, matriarch of the wolf pack. Uh, her name is what, Red. Red. 
Red, red Streak? Red Streak. Yeah. And she has some like reddish in her fur, so that's where her name comes from. And basically the story is Wolverine like living with the wolves. He's ran away from the events of Origin 1, kind of abandoned mankind after all his tragedy. And uh, he's out, out in the wild and living with the animals, giving in to his feral side. And apparently there's a lone wolf. And I can't tell if this is just supposed to be symbolic. I just mean to talk about that. But this black wolf, which they think they just call the lone wolf. Yes. He has red eyes and he has kind of like a red mark on his forehead. Okay. Very reminiscent of Mr. Sinister's little diamond. Okay. So I don't know... If it's foreshadowing? I think it is, but I don't know if this wolf like is intentionally like... Because we know Mr. Sinister does like genetic stuff, like experiments and stuff. So I don't know if this is like an actual Mr. Sinister wolf or if it's just symbolic. I guess we'll find out. I unfortunately (coughs) don't know enough about Mr. Sinister to throw in half a penny. Anyway, Wolverine... uh, Sticks his claws out and bears his teeth at the lone wolf, and the lone the lone wolf leaves. Which I just think of that. You remember that old arcade game, Lone Wolf? I there was an the, old like shooter game like, back in the eighties. I remember the big bad wolf at Bush Gardens. It's a roller coaster ride. Hmm. From the Three Little Pigs. No. Yes, the big bad wolf is from the Three Little Pigs. Oh, I thought you asked if there were three little pigs on the ride, and I'm like, no, there's no three no. little pigs on the ride. But there should have been. You're the pig because you go wee on the <laughs> roller coaster. Anyway, uh, basically, it talks about how Wolverine just kind of wants everything to always stay this way. And with the pack kind of being one of the wolves. But of course, we all know that nothing lasts forever. Anyway, I, I just want to point out now I think this art is amazing. Of course, I, I'm a big Kubert fan. See, there were parts yeah. that I thought were awesome, and then there were parts later on as we get further into the book where mm-hmm. I felt like he just ran out of time. and Oh no, he just, he does some sketchy stuff but I don't think it's a time thing. I think that's just his style. On this panel right here, after the wolf leaves, the, the lone, I cannot say that. After the lone wolf leaves, and uh-huh. there's just less detail. Yeah, but there's panels further in where there's a whole lot of less detail that I, I don't know, I kind of felt like with even with panels like, you know, where there's six to the spread, I feel like there's a whole lot of detail in here. Then when further on, you know, there's only two panels or whatever, and there's way less detail. Okay. I think some of that may have been a stylistic choice based on the action, but we'll, we'll see when we get there. All right. So we meet a, uh, a white bear. It's huge. Looks like a polar bear that got lost. What's in his mouth? Okay, so he's got a marker. Like he's been tagged. But he's tagged in a very awkward spot. Right, yeah. Okay, because I kept thinking it was a bullet, like a, like he was chewing on a shotgun shell. Oh. <laughs> so I kept wondering what was in his mouth. Anyway, the bear, um, we don't know if it, it looks like a marker, and so the bear we assume has escaped from somewhere, maybe a zoo or something. I just don't see a zoo marking a bear <laughs> there. Anyway, polar bears don't naturally belong in the Canadian wilderness. No. But here it is. And the wolves are kind of curious about it, but they decide it doesn't mean any harm. And of course, Wolverine wants to check it out. And he kind of sees the bear, like, not able to 
do what he needs to do. I like the scene where he's trying to hide his paw or his nose in the snow right. when it doesn't work and he doesn't know how to fish. And so Wolverine tries to like give him food, but even that, right, the, the bear doesn't know what to do. Which is weird because if it was a, a zoo bear. You think he'd be used to being fed. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, we see more happy time of Wolverine being a wolf. But then... Um, they go hunting. Yeah, they come back and we hear, well, we hear Red Streak howl. Right, and they go running and they back. They go running back home. Wolverine comes home to a bloodbath. And the polar bear has killed the wolf cubs and the wolves that were at the den. And this panel is just brutal. It's brutal, but I love the colors. The colors are very striking. The color work in this whole book is very striking. So kudos to Frank Martin for sure on that. Yeah, it's quite an amazing double page spread here. So then Wolverine loses it. I like how his vision, like he sees the bear and it's all in red tint. Right. Like we kind of see like his berserker rage from the other side. Right. And he just goes nuts. I like how, uh, well gonna sound bad i like how the polar bear has a cub in each hand yeah it's pretty savage this book's pretty brutal and this next two pages of fighting between wolverine and the polar bear is is really cool art but it's really just it's brutal yeah it's really brutal really savage lots of blood in the snow lots of panels with white and then red backgrounds yeah I, that was really cool. So I just want to bring up something really quick. So yes. yours is, it's a spread. You see everything at once. I have to flip back and forth. Right. It doesn't have the same impact. impact. Yeah. When you see it, when you open it up, because it's the middle two pages. So when you open it up and you see just like two full pages of like just a brutal fight, it just makes it, it makes the carnage kind of come to life. Anyway, but Wolverine fights him. He kind of gets his ass handed to him. He sticks his claws in the bear's, I guess, the scruff of his neck, and his bone claws actually, like, break off. Yeah. Which causes him a lot of pain. And the bear actually bites out a piece of his neck. Gross. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. And then we see, like, the little chunk (laughs) flying through the air. And the bear decides he's killed. I like the steam also coming from his neck wound. Well, okay, so Native American Indians believe that steam rising from your lifeless body was your spirit. Right, yeah. So that's why they always burn their dead. Yeah. It's also because the heat of your body exposed to the cold light. Anyway, the bear decides he's had enough. That he's slain his prey, and he decides he's going to leave, but he kind of stumbles off, and it looks like he's hurt worse, too. No, he's dead. Wolverine stabbed him through the face. Yeah, he collapses. And this page, before the title page, it's, awesome. it's like all whitewashed except for the just a massive amount of blood. It's a very dark red. Pretty amazing looking. Yeah. It reminds me something out of like, um, I don't know, I would expect something out of a, a horror movie. Right. You know, just everything's pure and white except all this red. Yeah. So then the lone wolf comes and he picks up the steaming piece of Wolverine's skin. Gross. Yeah. And he eats it, and then he goes and nibble on the bear. Then he goes and he starts licking in Wolverine's throat wound, which Wolverine doesn't like, so he stabs the wolf through the head, (laughs) tosses him aside, and kind of realizes, like, whoa, I'm healing. 
But he knew that, right? I think. Maybe not. I mean, maybe he hasn't healed from something like this before, where he thought he was dead and came back. I mean, he's been in fights, and I'm assuming if he's been living with wolves, he's probably had a couple of injuries. That would be my guess. Yeah. But maybe this is his worst injury. But are we sure this is him going, oh, I'm healing? He may just be really sad. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell. I can heal and they can't. Right. Which is something he struggles with. It could be. We just don't know how much he's, how much he's actually bounced back from, like how severe of injuries, whether this is his first really severe injury or not. Uh, It talks about how kind of like his life was over. The life he came to these forests to find, a second life born out of the ashes of the last. He had lived as a man. He had lived as a wolf, as both the wolfish man found only woe. And he kind of screams up at the sky, and we see the polar bear, and it's the chip or the marker on his mouth says subject two in Essex, which of course Nathaniel Essex is Mister Sinister's real name. Oh. So maybe this wasn't even a real polar bear. Maybe it was an experiment, or maybe he just brought a polar bear out here. So kind of the thing we're wondering then: the polar bear is his, obviously. We don't know about the wolf. Is this just an experiment that escaped? Is this an experiment that just coincidentally ran into Wolverine? Like he let it loose on purpose but didn't know what he would find? Or does he already know something about Wolverine and this is all like intentional? This is all new to me, so all of the above could (laughs) possibly happen. We'll see. I just want to say again, I thought the art and the colors were freaking amazing in this book. And I thought the writing, the sparsity of the words, wasn't a whole lot of... All of the dialogue was narration. Well, but that makes sense. And there wasn't much of it. Yeah, but that makes sense because Wolverine obviously can't have a conversation with the wolves. Right, exactly. One of the things I did enjoy about this book, and I don't... Maybe you can enlighten me as to why they did this, but the panels that show the layouts then the pencils and inks, and then finally the colors. It's just kind of a bonus for the fans. Yeah, as an artist, I really enjoyed that. I really yeah, no, I like it too. It's cool. How, in fact, the one I enjoyed way more was the one where they actually showed like the spreads, where it's like, okay, so this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Yeah, and then we actually get part of the script too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was a very well put together book. I thought the pacing... You see both sides of nature. Whether this was all a scheme by Sinister or not. Right. Regardless, you see like kind of the pure innocence and joy of nature. And then you see the brutality. Oh, it's kind of both sides of of wild animals. They are all encompassing of what nature is. You know, there's, there's gentleness, there's love, there's family, there's violence. All for survival but that's still kind of how it goes i kind of liked how even though these were wolves and there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue it's still you could replace every single wolf with another character yeah they were characters yeah Yeah. i thought that was cool too and i I kind of enjoyed it. it it's almost like foreshadowing of why wolverine is so protective of the kids at uh xavier school right right on 
because yeah. you know he took care of those pups and then they were brutally maimed and so it it's almost like you're getting a glimpse way back when of why he's so protective and as good as i thought this was it always serves to give me really high hopes for the rest of the series i think we're kind of just scratching the surface of gillen's story here i'm definitely really curious to see what direction it takes all right what'd you give it i gave it five out of six I also gave it five out of six claws. I thought it was really good, really dramatic, but I think the story's only going to get better. Yeah. So I'll hold out that six and see what see what we get next. But yeah, that was a great start with even more potential. But it's definitely a beautiful, it's a very striking book visually. Yes. So if you didn't pick it up, you should definitely give it a shot. And don't don't pick it up on the iPad. Get Get the floppy <laughs> because I watching you flip through yours just made me realize how much I missed out on my okay. iPad. Just as far as the layout and stuff. Yeah. The just, navigation. Yeah. The navigation and the colors. Okay. Well, there you go. Origin part two or book two, I guess. Number one. We both gave five out of six claws and I would say we're definitely both intrigued. Yep. That would be, be fair to say. Yep. Okay, well, let's uh, move on and then let's get on to the Wolfie Awards. Okay, so next up we have officially the last Wolverine comic of 2013. Ooh. And that is Savage Wolverine number 13. Ironic. More of a coincidence. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, of course, is the Phil Jimenez uh, two-issue arc. Come Conquer the Beast, Part 2. I will admit, I totally forgot what this one was about. All right, well, I'll fill us in. It was written by Phil Jimenez and Scott Lope, or Lope, I'm not sure. Uh, here we go. Phil Jimenez did the breakdowns. The finished art was by Jimenez, Palmer, Florea, Olif, or Olive, maybe, and Green. None of those people have first names. And they probably don't deserve first names. <laughs> Maybe they're cool like Madonna. And they're Brazilian soccer players. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, nine times out of ten, when you see that an artist has breakdowns and the army of artists do the finished art, it's not a good thing. We'll see if this issue falls in the 90 percentile or the 10 percentile. So what do you mean has a breakdown in... Right, so Phil Jimenez did the breakdown. Does that mean he basically, like, sketched the issue? Right. Okay, and then... One, two, three. Well, Jimenez and four other people went back and, like, did the detail and finished up the issue. Well, that would explain a lot. <laughs> okay. I think we know what percentile Denise is going to put this in. <laughs> To me, and to me, I can tell pretty plainly which ones Jimenez finished himself and which ones he didn't. Oh, really? Like which panels. Yeah. Just based on style. But anyway, uh, Rochelle Rosenberg did the colors. And then Phil Jimenez and Rochelle Rosenberg did the cover. On the cover, we have a very orangey, yellowy red background of, of things on fire. We have a giant mountain of elephant tusk. We have three shadowy figures. Tiger, Tiger, 
docking. What I'm assuming is at the bottom, those are on top. And at the bottom, I guess we have like Wolverine's Shadow of Regret, maybe? So what's the surf wave? The surf wave? I think that's Tiger Tiger's quote. <laughs> Someone needed to go back and edit that out. Yeah. And then we have a very hunched over, weird butt-looking Wolverine facing the Mountain of Tusk with his claws out. Standing on a Mountain of Tusks. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Don't really like this cover. Um, yeah. I kind of second that. I'm I'm a big Jimenez fan. This cover's not doing it for me. Wolverine looks weird to me. He looks like he just had his butt done. <laughs> What's that little square thing? It's the, sh- the shadow. The shading's no. weird. No. he. It looks like he has a square, like... It looks like there's a microphone pack on his back. <laughs> I think that's just supposed to be shading. Just not done very well. No, and his leg. I get that one leg is pulled forward and one leg is pulled back, but... The whole thing just looks weird. Yeah. And the the butt, the center of the cover is his butt. And his butt just looks strange. Yeah. It's just not, not, a very, not a very good cover. No. My apologies to Jimenez, but just not digging it. So where are we left off? Because Denise said she forgot. Uh, basically, Wolverine had followed a, um, basically the trail, the money trail of some poachers and found out that in Madripoor, on the black market, is a big trade of um, uh, animal goods, I guess is how you would say it. That's right. This so is where we get... fur and tusk and rhino horns and all that jazz. This is where I got introduced to pirate Wolverine. Yes, we saw Patch last issue. Argue me, So basically the issue ended with Wolverine confronting Tiger Tiger. Like, how could you let this go on? I how said, could you have a name like that? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said no poaching in Madripoor. So we start off with a South Africa-Mozambique border flashback with none other than Craven the Hunter and his wife before he was Craven the Hunter. I don't even know who that is. Uh, he's a classic Spider-Man villain. Uh, did he go after Spider-Man? Yes, like he actually uh, at one point, quote-unquote, killed Spider-Man in one of the, I would say, best stories in comics, Craven's Last Hunt. It's an amazing, amazing uh, story arc. Oh, I thought you were going to say amazing, amazing Spider-Man. I was like, there's really a comic, <laughs> amazing, yeah. amazing? Yeah, it's, it's the really amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start a comic called The Really Amazing Wolverine. Right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're uh, the hunter, pre-hunter, pre-Craven the hunter, and his wife are hunting elephants, illegally, of course. And we get a snicked as Craven kind of looks up. That part was actually kind of cool. It was cool. Um, the art in these first few pages not really digging. Eh. But, um... And we see Wolverine jump out of a tree with no shirt on. Interesting. Bone claws. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, um, Wolverine gets distracted by the smell of death, and he talks to the elephants. But, uh, so Wolverine makes friends with the elephants. And somehow, whenever this was, I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. already had satellites and was already following Wolverine around because... Back at the Jean Grey school, they have footage of this very flashback. Not S.H.I.E.L.D., Avengers. It says Avenger Files. Oh, Avenger Files. Okay. 
Yes. I'm going to call BS on this and say they would not have cared what I Crazy Wolverine one. was doing back then. But anyway, they have footage and Shadow or Kitty Pride and a Cypher character I don't really care that much for from the New Mutants. He looks like a Ken doll. He kind of does, yeah. So they come up with some way that, some stupid way that Cypher can track elephant talk and pinpoint the elephants that are talking about Wolverine. Next, they're going to go after dolphins. Yeah, I don't know. This whole, starting to lose me here. But um, the Cypher's power is kind of dumb. He can basically understand any language at any time. And not just people, but aliens, electronics. Like any- so your laptop can talk to him? Yeah. So your laptop would have emotions and be able to say, I really yes. don't like it when Jason bangs the keys on me. Right. He hits the space bar way too hard. Yes. I dread the space bar. Help me, Cypher. Help me. <laughs> Tell him what I feel. Tell him to stop hitting Control-Alt-Delete. <laughs> Every time it's like a punch in the gut. <laughs> anyway, we go back to present-day Madripoor, and Wolverine and Tiger Tiger have a philosophical argument. Tiger Tiger says, yes, I'm allowing uh, the smuggling of animal goods, but your son had uh, child prostitution and all kinds of really bad stuff, and I had to trade off. I, I have to keep the underworld of Madripoor happy. I got rid of one evil and replaced it with another. And then they kind of argue about, do animals have souls? Tiger Tiger says they don't, which is weird because she's named after a tiger. Wolverine's like, they do have souls. Let me prove it to you when he cuts his face off. <laughs> okay, but I'd like to point out... Oh, I'm just going to skip all that. <laughs> <laughs> she gets slightly naked, and then she gets completely dressed again. And she goes about? from tiger, tiger. Well, she takes her jacket off, and it never comes back. No, it does. In the very next panel, she has it back on. Oh. <laughs> That's a mistake. <laughs> She takes it off to be all, look at my strong arm. She takes it off and goes, ah, Wolverine, stop. Just take me instead. <laughs> and she thrusts her boobs forward. And when he turns her down, she gets dressed again. Yep. And she has a machine gun. But what anyway, cracks they, me they up fought. is she goes from like <laughs> eight. <laughs> my, voice cracked. My, my voice cracked on plot, so I decided <laughs> to uh, draw attention to it. <laughs> you sounded like a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> Yes. I do think it's funny that Tiger Tiger goes from like 30 to 60 back to 30. Yeah, yeah, the art in this book's pretty rough. Like I said, when you have breakdowns and then five or six people doing finishes, it doesn't make for a good book usually. So anyway, so Wolverine, <laughs> to prove that, that he, I don't really know what he's trying to prove. Basically he says, well, people say, I'm an animal. Do I have a soul? Are you sure? I'm going to cut my face off. And so he literally cuts his face off. He looks like Abraham Lincoln. Where? Right here. That panel is actually kind of cool because he looks butt-ass crazy. He does, but what does that say that he looks like Abraham Lincoln? I don't know. Put that on the penny. <laughs> is it his middle finger? Oh, it is. He's cutting his face off with his middle finger claw. Yes, just for you, Denise. Thank you, Wolvie. <laughs> but basically... He somehow says this is going to improve a point. Well, I think he's trying to say, like... What is the like for the animals? 
I think he's, he's trying to say you see the after product after they've been cleaned and bleached and ready to be sold. So let me show you what it looks like okay, for it yeah. to happen in the hopes that there's an emotional connection. Yeah. And she doesn't, although there's very little blood on her face considering well, what he's doing. That's just a splatter. In, yeah. I actually kind of like that panel. If, if she was that close, she would just be drenched. Yeah. So basically he taunts her because she had taunted him last issue about selling his adamantium bones on the black market. And he's like, all right, we'll do it. So then we see Wolverine without a face. Pretty gross. He has no nose. Well, no, you don't have a nose. <laughs> You'd if probably you cut your face better. off, your nose is gone. Then <laughs> yeah. so Wolverine stalks off and throws a tantrum, um, knocks all the animal stuff over, sets it all on fire. Cypher says all the animals are dying. I don't understand what he's talking about. I think what he's trying to say is the poaching has increased. They're trying to make a point that like one while animal died. Like while Wolverine's gone? Like is this yes. simultaneous? I think so. Okay. So I think like while this is going on. So while on, Wolverine's is burning up dead animals, the poachers are like, oh, Wolverine's gone. Shoot them all. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, good job, Wolverine. All right. So then Quentin Quire says he knows what to do. So uh, is Wolverine Wolf- upside down in this panel? No, these are animals. No, this one's supposed to be Wolverine. Because then the elephant's talking and then, and so can Wolverine. So I figured um, that was Wolverine. I don't know. It's Let's ugly, see. whatever it is. <laughs> Then we get a really, I get what he's trying to do, but this panel looks stupid. Of Wolverine's faceless, bloody facelessness, pulling his cowl over his, his bloody facelessness. <laughs> looks really dumb. So then Wolverine goes back, of course his face heals, he goes back to talk to his elephant friend, his elephant friend wants to give up. Wolverine says you got to keep fighting. and He's he, dressed like Indiana Jones. Yeah, he does that a lot. Then the elephant friend walks off with a bunch of elephant ghosts, basically leads the spirits of his tribe away, and he will continue to fight on. Then the X-Men bring a bunch of weapons and technology to the South African park rangers to fight poaching. And the the, uh, the park rangers say, thank you, Avengers. <laughs> We're the X-Men, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. And then Wolver- they ask where Wolverine is, and we see Wolverine in the jungle, or uh, not in the jungle, out in the plains. And his claws are almost coming off, and he found some more poachers. And we get a snicked, and that's the end. He's going he's gonna to kill him some poachers. Okay, idea of this book is cool. Not a very good comic. I just still feel like it's too after-school special. Only, like, yeah. with Wolverine cutting off his face, they bumped it up a notch. Right. I feel bad saying it because, I mean, don't be a smartass. Don't go, oh, Jason didn't like this comic. He must love poachers. Now, I always feel guilty when there's like an issue in something, in any kind of art or entertainment. And there's like an issue I agree with, but I say I don't like something. Like there's that conflict in myself. No, like because I think it is an important issue. It is an important issue, but there's a there's a fine line you have to walk. Like it's hard. It's hard to be subtle. And see, I guess that's the key. You have to be subtle. I didn't feel like there was much subtlety in this at all. Well, okay, so there's a really famous photograph of a black woman holding a white baby, and it was taken during the time of segregation. And if you read the story behind it, the woman is the baby's nanny. Okay. But she's holding it very, like, motherly. I mean, right. obviously, it she was the nanny to this baby. And right. it caused a ton of controversy when it was printed because people were like, what is this black woman doing holding this white baby? Right. 
But now we look at it years later and you can say, oh, wow, this is a true testament to segregation, but yet we really weren't segregated in our emotions. Right. The human nature knows no race. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know, maybe a couple of years from now, this maybe. See, but see, I don't think so because it's not the controversy, it's the art. Like, regardless, of, I, don't, I'm, I have not seen the picture you're talking about. But it's, regardless of what it's saying, it's important for what it says. But from an artistic level, it's either a good photograph or it's not. Right. And I guess to me, my personal, just my being, I guess, too sensitive or whatever. Like, there's a conflict there when you have that kind of art. Because if I like the point, then it's hard for me to turn around and say I don't like the art. Right. But on this issue, <laughs> I like the point. I don't like the art. I don't think the comic's very good. It's not a very good story. Well, and I don't, and I know this happens. And the art but is inconsistent at best. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It just. Well, and, and here's the thing. Tiger Tiger, I don't know. Had her character come to Wolverine and been like, look, you can't do anything because your son did this, this, and this, and I cleaned up everything. So this is like the trade-off. So please, like right. I'm doing the best I can here. Right. But instead she just kind of came out balls to the wall and screw you, Wolverine. Yeah. And that to me didn't show any emotional conflict. Right. She just was like, I'm ready to take you down instead of being like, no, you don't understand. Like, this has to be this way. And if you don't agree with it, I will take you down. Right. But and I guess I was missing that point. Like, well, I wanted to see that. The point that, that kind of threw me and I, I get what Jimenez was trying to do, I think. And that showing the flaw in Wolverine and that maybe he's like, well, maybe I care too much about this and don't care enough about this. Right. Which I think is a... It's a valid point. It's a valid point that there's there's a potential for a good story in there, in the conflict, because everybody does that. We all have issues we pick and choose to kind of stand up for or, or to put our energy into. Okay. And there's a lot of things that I think can be better about the world, but I don't... It's like, to a degree, you don't have time to address every issue. You kind of pick the ones you're passionate about and you go about them. Now, but if you're doing it the right way, you still allow for other people's passions about their issues to shine and you want to cooperate and find a way that you admit that maybe, okay, so maybe at-risk youth is the thing you're passionate about putting your time in. But if you're doing it the right way, you don't say, but, and that's obviously more important than homelessness. Right. Like, no, you say, no, this is my calling, my passion. Right. But, you know, if you're into homelessness and that's your calling and your passion, mine's not more important than yours. It's just different. We're, we're, we have different focuses, but they're both super important. And to me, with Wolverine's character, I think he would kind of already know that. I mean, like, well, yes, I agree. We didn't want child prostitution. That's a big deal. We don't want drugs. That's a big deal. But this is a big deal, too. And the part of the thing is Wolverine's not a normal person. He's a superhero. So he's he got, should care about everything. Well, not only that, he should say, you know what? No, it's not a trade-off. I don't want any of this to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm Wolverine. I'm going to stop it all. Like, 
Right. Maybe that's a hair unrealistic, and maybe he can't succeed at that. Right. Um, I think Wolverine, that would be what Wolverine would want to do. It's a good point, not a good story. But let's, let's not dwell on this unless you have any other thoughts you want to throw out. No. All right. So, what are you going to grade this one? Savage Wolverine number 13. Sorry. It's going to get two out of six. You're fine. I'm going to give it one out of six. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, my score is higher than yours? That's happening more and more. Uh-oh. I know. I just, the art wasn't very good. There were parts that definitely were, were completely Phil Jimenez. There were some good panels kind of in the middle. Okay. Uh, other than that, I didn't really care for I think for the it. ads in your paper comic were more intriguing. And the, the story just, it just, it wasn't, it just wasn't compelling to me. And, the cover, it was a back cover, so it started off bad. I don't know, just the whole thing just, I was bummed that this is how we ended the year. I'm sorry. Yeah. And if we had, we're about to get to the Wolvies. If we had a Wolvie for worst comic, Ooh. it just might get it. Did it, but it came out in 2014, right? No, no, this is the last comic in 2013. came out New Year's Eve. Oh, ouch. Yeah, this is how we're ending the year. I hope this isn't an indication of 2014. No, I, I don't think it is. Now, I will say, in in defense a little bit, I think this comic may have been rushed. True. Okay, because there's the push for the uh, the new the new Marvel now, and the Marvel now, now, whatever the next wave of Marvel, Marvel now, now is. Marvel now, now, yeah. now. So Come and, get it now. And issue 14 of Savage Wolverine is the kickoff for this comic. And it comes out next week. Oh, so they were back to back. And I'm pretty sure they had a hard deadline of giving, they wanted Savage Wolverine 14 to kick off the new year. And so I'm wondering if part of the reason that Jimenez didn't do all the art was because he didn't, his deadline got pushed up. Right. Or maybe he knew the deadline the whole time. He was just running late and there was no room. Because sometimes they'll push the book back. When people were running late. Right. But they were just like, nope, nope, get it out. And so. <laughs> Call your friends, bring yeah. a box of crayons. Right, right. And so that may contribute to both the story and the art, like just the writing. I don't know. So, I mean, there might be a little bit of slack there. Maybe it's not all Phil Jimenez's fault. But still, we got what we got, and it wasn't that great. <laughs> so, all right, let's get on to the Wolvies, shall we? Shall we? All right, here we go. Okay, here we go. The moment you've all been waiting for. Dun, dun, dun. It's the 2013 Wolfie Awards. woo <laughs> I'm your host, Jason Venable and Denise Seibert. Venable. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> That's okay. I do have the longest name ever. <laughs> yes. Denise Agnelli. Seibert Cyber Venable. Venable. Yeah, we can't forget the hyphen. Yeah. Just think if I had to spell that thing out. <laughs> spell out hyphen. Hyphen. Yes. <laughs> that really wouldn't fit on the debit card. No, it really wouldn't. So um, anyway, this year, and I hope to expand this award show over the years, but for our inaugural uh, awards. You did promise me that next year I could buy a dress. Yes, you can. An, an evening gown. And um, we have one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight categories. So just eight awards tonight. Okay. 
But yeah, like I said, hopefully we'll, uh, if anyone wants to suggest a future category for 2014, uh, let me know. Do it. Do it. Our categories are going to be. We're missing a category. What? We're missing a category. What? Best co-host. Best co-host. Well, it's either you, Cameron, or Andrew. Those are the oh, three we had this well, year. Well, I think I know the winner. <laughs> uh, we'll have to we'll have to go to the downloads and see. Mm. Yeah. Everybody, hurry up and download real quick. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know what order for sure we'll go in, but we're gonna do best cover. Okay. Best snicked. That's right. Best snicked of 2013. Best Wolverine writer. Best Wolverine artist, best Wolverine inker, best Wolverine colorist, best Wolverine letterer, and best Wolverine guest spot. Ooh, I yeah. think I already have a new category for 2014. Best villain? Best villain. Oh, that's yeah. not okay, but another one. What? <laughs> I mean, it's. We'll do best villain. We'll do best villain. For 2014? For 2013. Oh. He's got to be. He was all over the place. We'll talk about it when we get there. I can't even read your handwriting. (laughs) (laughs) Why weren't you a doctor? I don't know. My mom always said I would be. I'm surprised you aren't. Yeah, well, you know, I'd rather podcast (laughs) where the big bucks are. cheering sick people. All right, well, let's start off with... Um, no, I was going to say best snacked. Oh, okay. We'll do that for 2014. Yeah. I don't... Because there were only a couple this year that yeah. I really remember. Yeah. We'll so, do that for next year. Yeah. We'll take better notes. And we can do, like, maybe best supporting hero? Maybe? Maybe. That would be hard to keep up with, but it's, it, could, it could be a possibility if people think that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, let's start off. Let's do uh, let's do best guest spot for Wolverine. Okay. Right, so there's really two really good ones I thought this year. Two story arcs he was in. One was Scarlet Spider. I think it was number 17, 18, and 19. Uh, basically, Kane was hired by the Assassin's Guild to, to take Wolverine out. And, of course, they ended up teaming up and doing some stuff. But, um, of course. Christopher Yost really, I thought, got both Scarlet Spider and Wolverine. Their interaction was really cool. So that was a good one. The other really good one was um, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly in Deadpool, uh, covered on the podcast. That was by Gary Dugan and Brian Posehn, and uh, the art was uh, Declan Shelby. I think is how you say it. That was a pretty cool arc with uh, the trio of Wolverine, Captain America, and Deadpool uh, basically having to do with a weapon plus program and Deadpool hijinks. So the Wolvie for 2013 best guest appearance is the good, the bad, and the ugly in the Deadpool comic. Woohoo! Yeah, buddy. It was pretty good. It was very funny, very lots of action. Wolverine was portrayed very true to character all right so let's do next uh let's do best letterer okay best, best wolverine letterer for 2013 we have two i guess really like just steady pro guys 
that really stick out. Uh, Joe Caramagna and VC's Corey Pettit. Woohoo, VC's Corey Pettit. So just for uh, Denise's enthusiasm, and because they're both kind of equal, but really kind of the highlight of the year, I thought, letter-wise, was in Joe Mad Savage Wolverine arc. So we're going to give the 2013 Wolverine to Best Letterer to... Woohoo! VC's Corey Pettit. That's right. Next up, Best Wolverine Colorist 2013. All right, so uh, Matt Hollingsworth in the regular Wolverine series did a great job. We actually called him out by name a few times. Yes. Peter Stegerwald did the colors uh, again in the Joe Mad Savage Wolverine arc. Some great color work there. Uh, Marte Gracia did, I mean, he's just fantastic. Yeah. And he did some different work, all new X-Men, um, amazing X-Men, just to name a few. And then Israel Silva and Marte Gracia did a Wolverine Japan's Most Wanted. So and that are, was. Those are our finalists. Phenomenal. Yeah, great colors on that as well. And the Wolvie for Best Wolverine Colorist 2013 goes to... We're going to split it between Israel Silva and Marte Gracia. And it's not really a cheat because they both worked on Japan's Most Wanted. And that's one of the ones that we thought was just super stellar. Yeah, just the color on that was amazing. All right, let's do Best Inker. So we have Mark Farmer on the regular Wolverine series. We have Dexter Vines on Amazing X-Men. And Wayne Van Gravager, who does all-new X-Men, among other things, did a lot of Battle of the Atom. So some pretty awesome ink work there. And the winner of the Wolvie 2013 for Best Wolverine Inker goes to... Mark Farmer. Good job, Mark Farmer. That's right. Okay, let's do a Best Artist. This category was chock full of lots of stuff to choose from it was hard it was really hard the highlights of just arts we thought were just mind-blowing and and wolverine centric so not necessarily counting like some of the stuff where he was just kind of in right the stuff that just really was just consistently focused on wolverine just hit out of the park obviously i love the Joe Madge stuff we got this year on Savage Wolverine. Amazing. Paco Diaz on uh, Wolverine Japan's Most Wanted. I, I'd never really seen him before. And his Wolverine and Logan, like, yeah. both just really knocked my socks off. Alan Davis, we've kind of had our ups and downs with the Wolverine series, but his art has been consistently awesome. Yeah. Jock. My stole personal Stole favorite. Denise's heart. Oh, Jock. Yeah. Oh, Jacques. Oh. <laughs> of course, he had an arc in Savage Wolverine as well. And Nick Bradshaw, uh, Mr. Consistent over Wolverine and the X-Men. Though he wasn't on it all year, but when he was, did really good. Okay, so, man, and this was this was just a tough one. It's so hard. Because everything we mentioned was amazing. And there was a lot of stuff that we didn't mention that was pretty close to equally as amazing as well. But the 2013 Wolvie for Best Wolverine Artist goes to Paco Diaz. That's right. And I don't know. Other other people who read other kinds of comics might have known who he was. Right. But for me, he, just, he came out of nowhere and just was wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, next, let's do best Wolverine rider for the year. So we have Jason Aaron, who got a little bit of a knock at times for people thought he was trying to be too funny. I will admit, there were times that I thought the humor was a little forced. But I think over the span of the whole year, he really just nailed a perfect balance between humor, action, and drama. Which kind of the three things to me I think you, every comic series needs. Not every issue has to have humor. But if, if you're going to read a book consistently, humor has to pop up sometimes. Like, I think it has to, not it should. Well, in, in defense, Wolverine is the kind of guy that would joke in very serious situations where it's kind no of a smart one ass. else. Not as yeah. much as Spider-Man or Deadpool. Right. But he is a smart ass, yeah. And I yeah. think he had that good balance. I think... I think over the course of the year, he had a great balance. Yeah. I think there were a couple issues where the humor was a little too corny. I think over the stretch of the year. And plus, he just he got Wolverine. Rick Remender over in Uncanny Avengers also did an awesome job. That guy really gets Wolverine. There's not as much Wolverine in Uncanny Avengers, but it's pretty focused on him. Kind of carries over from his X-Force run with, you know, dealing with the fallout of killing his son. And the conflict of, like, being the professor and the guy who ran X-Force and kills people. Right. And so just kind of that conflict of, of mentor slash assassin. A good and bad role model all in one person and wrestling with that. Rick Remender really nailed that. Also, Zeb Wells in his uh, Savage Wolverine arc with Joe Mad, I thought, turned in one of the more compelling Wolverine short stories, if you will, in a long time. Also, uh, got to mention Brian Michael Bendis. Didn't write a whole lot of Wolverine, but whenever he did pop up in All New X-Men or Battle of the Atom, he pretty much nailed it. But he's, you know, he's up there. All New X-Men is probably my favorite book still going. Obviously, that's due in large part to the writing. But that said, I will say for Paul Cornell, when the regular series was good, it was really good. Yeah. I know there were parts of it we kind of winced at a little bit, but... But overall, he definitely did a solid job, I think, this year. With that said, the 2013 Wolverine for Best Wolverine Rider goes to... Jason Aaron. Woohoo! Congratulations, Jason Aaron. Jason Good Aaron. job. Yeah. All right. So I think there were a lot of good villains this year. I think the guy who was kind of showing up every time we turned around and who was written this year very three-dimensionally and a lot more complex and just a lot better than he's been written the last few years. There's kind of only one real nominee in this category. I'm going to give the 2013 Wolvie for Best Villain to Sabretooth. That's what you wrote. Yeah. I'm like Sentinel, Saber, (laughs) Seinfeld. I mean, if Cyclops was a true villain, they're uh, head-butting made for a great rivalry and you can maybe put that in there but I can't I can't really call Cyclops a true villain no because he's a weenie so. <laughs> okay so that's gonna take us now to best snicked Ooh, this category was hard it was really hard and there's several there's there's a few that I'm gonna just say were like a, in context a badass snicked yeah okay so there's one. In A plus X, number six. And this snicked will credit the writer and the artist. 
So this snicked would be written by Peter David and drawn by Giuseppe Kevin Coley. And Wolverine's playing poker with Carol Danvers. They start arguing about superpowers. Carol basically is talking about how um, she has all these great, uh, well, Captain Marvel superpowers. And Wolverine's like, yep, and me, all I got is these. And then we get a snick. And he pops his claws. I thought that was just really cool. Then Scarlet Spider 17, written by Chris Yost and art by Carlos Barbary. Scarlet Spider has infiltrated the Jean Grey school. He's kicking all the X-Men's ass. And he's like, all right, who's next? We get a double snicked as Wolverine says, just me. That was pretty badass. That was in Scarlet Spider 17. And Wolverine and the X-Men number 30 uh, by Jason Aaron and um, Pascal Ferry. We get the one where uh, the Hellfire Club is looking through their security camera as Wolverine and Rachel are uh, taking over one of their compounds. Is that the one where he shows his middle finger claw? No, but it's one oh. where he, he goes snicked for the camera. That, that was really cool. It would have um, been better had it just been his middle finger claw. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so some other ones that were also really cool. And Wolverine number one, the second snicked. That's the one where he gets hit by the car. Yeah. And he snicks, and there's a, the box around just his arm. Yes. Like the panel inside the panel. Looks really cool. The other one in Uncanny Avengers number five. Oh, sorry. Uh, Wolverine number one was, was, of course, by Paul Cornell and Alan Davis. Uncanny Avengers number five, Rick Remender and Oliver Coppell have trying to figure out what they're going to do to fight the Reaper. And Wolverine jumps through the air and says, I got just the thing. And we get a double snicked. Awesome panel. Next, in Japan's Most Wanted, the first two issues, we have the first one, the number one. We had that cool thing with the animation where the lights were blinking on and off mm-hmm. in the city. And there are several panels of that going on with the action. And then we have one where Wolverine's standing there and the light blinks off. And in that blink, we get a snicked, and we just see the snicked in the claws. Yes. On a black background where his hand was. That was really cool. And then in Japan's Most Wanted number two, we have a snicked where he's fighting the ninja in the sushi bar. And he's like, what can I say, bub? Old dog, old tricks. And as you slide the panel, we literally see the claws pop out as he says old tricks. Yeah. That was really cool. Both of the Japan's Most Wanted were by um, Jason Aaron and Jason Wintour with art by Paco Diaz. Savage Wolverine number seven by Zeb Wells and Joe Mad. We get a double snicked of Wolverine just standing his ground as that giant behemoth monster guy is charging at him. That one was really cool. Yeah. Then an all-new X-Men number 14 by Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Eminen. We have where Lady Mastermind... Makes everybody think that the young Jean Grey is going Dark Phoenix. And we get a Wolverine with a not again snicked. And just the pain in that snick was palpable. And then in Savage Wolverine number 12 by Phil Jimenez. We got the really awesome snicked. That was like the panel was was the snicked in red letters. And we saw his hand in the claws kind of inside the letters. That was really cool. Wow. So all those were pretty freaking sweet. They were awesome. So the 2013 Wolvie for Best Snit 
is going to go to Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, and Paco Diaz. In Japan's most wanted number one. Yeah, the blackout. I just Part of it, I will admit, was the trick of the motion. Yeah, but at the same time, like that's what the comic was there for. Yeah, and I just, it just, I don't know, it just, it made me grin from ear to ear. It's like, yes, that's Wolverine. Yes. And just the fact that how fast the action was supposed to be. I mean, it's literally in the blink of yeah. a light. And just between the lights, he snicks. And it's cl- uh, it just it was badass. It was so. awesome. All right, last award. We have the 2013 Best Wolverine Cover. So we have Wolverine Number 1 by Alan Davis. The awesome cover of Wolverine. With spinning. the red background, almost like spinning towards you with his claws out. And that was my first podcast. Yes, it was. We have A plus X number six by Giuseppe Kevin Coley with uh, Captain Marvel and Wolverine kind of jumping in the moonlight. We have Extermination number one by Ed McGinnis with Wolverine fighting um, Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler. Ooh. We have All New X-Men number 10. By Stuart Eminem with Wolverine jumping out of the plane with the original five X-Men. And he looks pissed. <laughs> we have Scarlet Spider number 18 by Ryan Stegman. Can I just say, I'm so looking forward to Ryan Stegman drawing the next volume of Wolverine. Are you now? But this one is uh, Wolverine and Scarlet Spider, obviously. It's his book. In an alley, and there's some puddles, and there's a light shining on them. And we see their shadow on the wall behind them. Looks really, really cool. And there's also like laser sights trained on their foreheads. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah, badass cover. Chicken pox. Yeah. Wolverine and the X-Men number 32 by Nick Bradshaw. Wolverine running around with a bunch of bamps. It was just a really cool cover. It was. And then we have Savage Wolverine number 7 by Jock. Just a really cool abstract face of space. Like star space. So awesome. Yep. And then Savage Wolverine number 12. As much as the cover for 13 sucked, the cover for 12 was awesome. It was Phil Jimenez with just a really gritty Wolverine and then the the kind of split panels in the background. Really, really cool. So the final Wolvie of the year, the 2013 Wolvie for best cover goes to... Wolverine number one. By Alan Davis. Good job, Alan Davis. All right, so that's the 2013 Wolvies. You know what? I hope you don't agree with all of that. And I want to hear it. I want some controversy. Let's get some conversation going. Oh, we forgot best (laughs) co-host. Tell me what we left out. We forgot best (laughs) co-host. Tell me the comics or the art or the writing that you felt we um, ignored. Most likely, I will probably agree with you that it was good and just forgot to mention it. But maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, let us know what you think. I'll post all this on Twitter and Facebook after the episode is up. Don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Whether you agree with everything or not, I hope you thought it was fun. We had fun. We did have fun. Looking over this stuff, getting ready for the episode. um, We spent hours. Yes. Lots and lots of very intensive research. Yes. Yeah. I'm ready for all the comics to be cleaned up out of the living room now. (laughs) anyway all right well that's gonna wrap up this episode the last episode in 2013 though it's not 2013 anymore but you know 
Happy 2014. We have to have time to read all the stuff. So, And, and there's only two of us. Yeah. It's only four pairs of eyes. No, it's only two pairs of eyes. Okay, it's only four eyeballs. Four eyes total. <laughs> it's been a long day and we've both been sick. Yes, we have. And sorry, I apologize for any coughing during this episode. He has bronchitis. Yeah. And the flu on Christmas and bronchitis on New Year's. Yay me. Yay. Keep your germs to yourself. That's right. Going to Clorox down these microphones. I've already done that. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it. Um, Please leave an iTunes review. Like us on Facebook. Email us at snickcastandyahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter. We've had a lot of really good Twitter response lately. Nobody that's, wants to follow me on Twitter. That's at Snickcast. Follow Denise. What's your Twitter handle? Maybe I should create a new Twitter handle. Otherwise, people will be following all my workouts. Yeah, they probably don't want to see that. No. I should probably create <laughs> It's not bad. It's just not that interesting. No. Who cares how much I ran in one day? Right. Now, I probably should create my own Mrs. Snicked. Sure. Go for it. Mr. Oh. Snicked and Mrs. Snicked. That's right. What have I not done yet? Oh, uh, the website with show notes, Nickcast at... Not at snickcast dot podbean dot com dot ha <laughs> ha. So anyway, that's it. 2013 is not only over in real life, but it's over on the podcast now. It's in the can. In the can. So until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Whoa, beep beep, back up the bus. What, what? can they look forward to for next month? Oh, well, eventually, both me and Cameron will be well. We will do the much anticipated. Uh, I'm cracked again. <laughs> the much anticipated flashback episode that will now be the entire Dark Phoenix saga. We're gonna try to make up for lost time. That I won't be a part of. No, but you'll be on one soon after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also we'll have the first uh, regular episode for January of 2014, kicking off the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a bunch coming up. Including Denise will start reading some Avengers books. Oh, I am? Yeah, you are. Ooh. So anyway, yeah. There's a fee for that. What? There's a fee for that. No, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge. That's right. So anyway, now until next time. Now until next time. Until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye. Bye.